Lord, I just pray that you would speak to each one of us through this passage and and through what you've given me to say this evening and teach us, teach us about your goodness, your holiness, but also about our uh, responsibilities, our privileges that you give us and and especially uh, the commands that you give us. In your name, amen. I'm going to give you a a useless bit of information. Did you know that there were three people in the Bible without any parents? There's Adam and Eve, who didn't have any parents. And then there's Joshua, the son of Nun. I, I love this picture. This is a dad joke in action, if you can see it properly. The dad's laughing... All the kids are embarrassed. Okay, enough of that sort of tomfoolery. We're continuing our series, uh, the B series. And tonight is be bold, but it also could be be strong and courageous. Much the same sort of thing. Joshua commands, uh, no, God commands Joshua to be strong and courageous in our passage tonight. He commands him to to go in, lead the people into this land, this land that I've promised to Moses and to God's people. In the storyline of the Bible, we're we're up to Joshua. And this next little bit will be like, um, I'm going to draw later on a storyline or a timeline from wall to wall of the church tonight. And... So let's say Joshua's about here. I'm going to go through this, this bit from the wall to the corner of the stage there. We're up to Joshua and, um, and there's Genesis, Adam and Eve, all that that goes on there, Joseph, Abraham and all of that sort of thing. Um, the, the book of Joshua is tied into Genesis in such a way that it's just intricately woven in um, through the covenants, through the promises, through God's goodness to, to the Israelites and to people in his covenants. Turn with me, if you will, to Genesis chapter 17, verses 1 through to verse 9. Genesis chapter 17. This is where Abraham is given the covenant of being a people a nation, and ultimately being um, being given the, the the promise of the promised land. Verse one: When Abram was ninety nine years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, "I am Almighty God. Walk before me and between, and be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you, and may multiply you greatly." Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings will come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout the generations for an everlasting covenant 
to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give you to you and I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. So our, our promise that is given to um, Abraham is tied into what happens ultimately to Joshua. God made this covenant between Abraham and between himself and the nation or the future nation of Israel. And he, he made that covenant to Abraham to make him into a father of a multitude of nations. Do you see how many times it was repeated that Abraham will be the father of a multitude of nations? Kings will come from him. I will make you into a nation. It's, it's very repetitive sort of stuff. And the next part of the covenant is that there will be a land attached to the, the promise that, that Abraham has given. There will be a land that they will possess, the land of Canaan. And as it goes through Genesis, it outlines um, all the guys that are, that are key figures in the book of Genesis. Abraham's son was Isaac. Isaac was the the guy that Abraham nearly uh, sacrificed to God. And then Isaac has two sons, Esau and Jacob. Jacob then has 12 sons. I'm going to list them off. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, Asher, Issachar, Zebulon, Joseph and Benjamin. And you may have heard those sort of names before because they're the 12 tribes of Israel. Joseph had Manasseh and his other son that um, makes up the 12 tribes of Israel. Ephraim, that's it, yes. Okay, so we're, we're up to um, Joseph. Joseph gets sold into slavery and ends up in Egypt where he... You know the story, you've been taught it in Bible, in, in Sunday school or something like that. He's sold into slavery into Potiphar's house where Potiphar's wife then tries to seduce him. He ends up in jail because of the false accusations towards him and then he comes out of jail because of God's goodness to him. He then ends up in Pharaoh's house and in charge of a large portion of Egypt and, um, basically stores up a big heap of grain um, which causes um, seven years of drought. That doesn't cause the drought. God caused the drought. But Joseph's brothers come back down to Egypt which which um, Joseph then reveals himself to his brothers and they end up living in Egypt. Um, Joseph and his brothers are then turned into a a large number of people. And they lived in a portion of Egypt for many, many years. But then the pharaoh that that, uh, Joseph worked for died. And because of the large amount of Israelites living in in the nation, he was threatened by them. The next pharaoh was threatened by them. And so he turned them into slaves. And for 400 years, they were slaves in Egypt. 
until God sends Moses to rescue them. The whole plagues thing happens. The Red Sea is parted. The Egyptian army is wiped out. And we're, we're very close. Um, the Israelites then come in onto the border of the promised land, the land of Canaan. They were on the edge of, of the promised land and God said to them, go in. But then they sent 12, 12 spies into the land of, of Canaan. They saw that the land was inherited or, or um, inhabited. That's the word I'm looking for. They saw that the land was inhabited by giants and they, they thought, oh, no way, no way are we going in there. And they grumbled against Moses and against Joshua even. There was 12 spies that go into the land and 10 of them come out and say, there's no way we're going into that promised land. There's no way we're going to defeat those, those giants. And yet Joshua and Caleb end up coming out and saying, if God is with us, we can defeat these giants. Joshua was threatened with his life for speaking out um, in opposition to those ten spies. So we're, we're very close to, to Joshua, to our passage in Joshua. The people then grumble against Moses. The people then say, we want another, let's take us back to, to Egypt where we had good food, we sat by meat pots and we could do whatever we liked. They, they grumbled against Moses and against God and then they end up wandering around in the desert for about 40 years. Now, they were this close to the land of Canaan, to the promised land, to the, the covenant with Abraham being fulfilled and yet they had to spend another 40 years for that generation to be, to be wiped out um, before they could inherit the promised land. And then Moses dies. The key figure of the last 50 years, let's say, of the, the people of Israel. The key figure of the last 50 years dies. And the Israelites would have probably felt rather lost, wouldn't you think? It would have been devastating to them because Moses was such a great man. He conversed with God face to face. Moses didn't just get rules from God. He conversed with God and, and was like a friend to him. He judged and governed the people of Israel in such a way that, that they haven't had governors in Israel since. And so their key guy dying would have been just so devastating to them. So in enters Joshua, our hero in the story. And God commands Joshua to be strong and courageous. I don't know about you, but these people that that God is telling Joshua to take up and to lead into the into the nation into the the promised land 
I would have been kind of like, mm, really, God? I'm not sure about this. And yet Joshua gets up and, and does as he's told. God tells him to be strong and courageous and then makes a promise with Joshua. He makes a promise with Joshua to not leave him nor forsake him. Now Joshua would have totally needed these words. I would have needed these words. I would have needed these words that, that if, if I was to lead these people, I'm going to need you with me, God. God tells Joshua three times to be strong and courageous. And not only just be strong and courageous, be very strong and courageous. Now, I'm going to give you some advice. If God tells you face to face to be strong and courageous, if God tells you to be strong and courageous and lead my people into the, the promised land and em emphatically says it over and over and over, be strong and courageous, you do what he asks you to do and all the while you be strong and courageous. What can we learn about God in this passage? Can you see that? It's not very clear. In our passage tonight, there's a couple of things about God that really stand out to me. The first thing is that he gives the land to the Israelites as a gift. Now you remember that these people basically just grumbled and groaned and didn't do as they were told for 450 years. They grumbled and groaned and cried out to God and, and said, save us, save us. He saves them and then they say, oh, but you didn't do a good enough job of it. I want to go back to Egypt. These people have been nothing but trouble all the way and yet God still gives the land to them as a gift. Look at verse 2. He says, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, into the land that I am giving to them, to the people of Israel. These people didn't deserve this land. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. The, the 12 spies that went into the land brought back bunches of grapes which were as tall as a man. And so these people didn't deserve this land and yet God still gives it to them. The second thing is that God keeps his promises. Remember that, that this promise was originally made to Abraham to make him into a great nation and then for him to possess the land, for his descendants to possess the land. It's some 450 years back that way. And then the, the promise is again made to Moses some 40 years before and now it's only just coming true for Joshua and the people. And so you can see that God's grace is evident in this passage through his ability to, to keep promises, to God's ability to keep promises. His grace shines through this passage 
in his ability to give to people who don't deserve it as well. Some of the things that we can... Oh, that's not the right colour at all. (laughs) I won't use that one again. Some of the things that we can learn about Joshua tonight is that Joshua received some direct instructions from God. And and Joshua trusted God. Joshua must have known about the promises given to Abraham, to Moses and to those before him. And he, he trusted God. The next verse after our passage tonight, verse 10, shows us what Joshua does after he's given these commands from, from God. It says, And Joshua. And Joshua commanded the officers of the people. He didn't get up and say, But God, what about these people? They're, they're nothing but trouble. I'll do what you say, but don't ask me to, to command these people. No, he gets up. And he just does as he's told. He does as he's told and he is very strong and courageous. And the next thing that that Joshua had was, was a promise to stand on. He had a promise to stand on the fact that, that the promise of the land had been given to, to Abraham, to Moses... He had a promise of the promised land to stand on, but he also had the promise of God not leaving him. Verse 5. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Joshua had a promise to stand on and he had had experience on his side as well. He saw what God had done through Moses and the, the whole process of the plagues in Egypt. Joshua would have been there. And so he knew from experience that God comes through. God makes a promise and God comes through. That's how Joshua can be very strong and courageous. That's how Joshua can just get up and do as he's told. He stands on the promise of not only experience, but especially of God not leaving him or forsaking him. He knows that if God says, be strong and courageous and then gives him a promise that won't that he won't leave nor forsake him Joshua can can be strong and courageous he can do as he's asked he knows that no man will be able to stand before him if god gives you a promise like that wouldn't that fill you with such courage and strength and and boldness In our timeline here, where we're here with Joshua, if it carried on through the wall, we'd be out in the, in the front car park here and now, in our present time. Our timeline would be, we'd be out in the car park somewhere. 
in about, oh, probably about here somewhere, on this edge of the stage, there was an event in the timeline of the Bible that, that really changes things. I'll become clearer as I get along. Right about here is an event that we're going to celebrate next weekend, Easter. Easter is a pivotal moment in not only just the storyline of the Bible, but our lives as well. Jesus came as a man about here. He then lived and taught and made disciples and was crucified about here and died and rose again from the dead. And then about 40 days after, after this, Jesus ascended into heaven. But moments before he ascended into heaven, he left his disciples with some commands. You guys will probably be able to quote this off the top of your head, but Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 and 19 and 20. Matthew chapter 28. The Great Commission, it said. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is a spectacular event. Good work, Matt, <laughs> for clicking the slide. This is a spectacular event in, in the course of history. It changed history in a remarkable way. And then Jesus comes and gives these commands to his disciples to, to go, to make more disciples and to baptise them and teach them everything that is commanded. This command is a, a timeless command. It's a timeless command because it's not only exclusive to the disciples, but it refers to us now. See that last little bit, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. It couldn't just be for his disciples because they ended up dying. But Jesus' Jesus' presence with us carries on through the timeline of the Bible and then into our lives. You might remember that, that Moses was called a servant of God. Joshua was, was referred to as God's servant as well in our passage tonight. It's different for us. Jesus changes our lives, our standing with God in that now it's not going to work, Matt. Next slide, please. Jesus changes our relationship with God. That's the work. Um, he changes our relationship as servants of the Lord to friends. He, we are referred to as, as sons of, of the... Uh, no, heirs with Christ. Friends of God. He says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing. 
But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. Isn't that awesome? That we've been put into a, into a place of, of not only servants, not only um, followers of Christ, but friends. Friends of Christ. Friends of Jesus. So if we do the math, if we add up our standing with God through Jesus, if we do the math that we are friends with God and that he promises to never leave us nor forsake us, that he will be with us until the end of the age, how much more can we be strong and courageous just in the same way that Joshua did? How much more can we be strong and courageous as we live our lives for Christ here and now, as we are distinct in our conduct, in our integrity, in our our love towards one another, our love towards those within the church and outside of the church? How much more can we be strong and courageous knowing that God is with us, that he has imparted his spirit into us, and that we can be strong and courageous. We can have Jesus' Jesus' presence with us every day of the week, all day, every day. I want to encourage you this week to be strong and courageous, knowing that, that God has not forsaken us, nor will he leave us. I want, want you to be encouraged this week to be strong and courageous knowing that God makes promises and that he fulfills them. That all those, all those promises have been fulfilled in Jesus. We live in a time that, that there are no more promises. No, I shouldn't say that. That the promises in Jesus have been fulfilled. That God has given us his spirit and that we can be strong and courageous. I want you to be reminded this week that there is a part that we have to play. Turn back to Joshua chapter 1 with me. Reading from verse 7. Only be, be strong and very courageous, being careful to do all, all according to the law that my that Moses my servant commanded you do not turn from it to the left the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success there's a, a privilege of being um, called a friend of God. But there's also a responsibility that by reading his word we may get to know him better. That by reading his word we will, we will be able to see the promises that are, that are yet to be fulfilled, that he has given to us personally. And by reading his word, we will see what is to come. 
we will see how we are to behave and how we are to act towards one another and towards those outside of the church. I want you to be reminded of that this week and encouraged. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the promises and the the commands that you give Joshua. And that the the Old Testament is is such a a rich and wonderful piece of scripture that can reflect on our daily lives now. Lord, I thank you for the way that you have changed our our position in in you uh, through Christ. That we are no longer servants but friends. That we are heirs with Christ. And that we, we serve a living God. Lord, as, as Easter approaches um, next weekend, Lord, I just pray that you would help us to be very strong and courageous in telling our friends and, and family and neighbours and co-workers about you about what Easter means to us and and how that reflects on our lives. So, Lord, I just ask that you would be with us as we are strong and courageous. In your name. Amen. Thanks, Grant.